Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, which I love. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. So are you a person that believes? I hope you are. And if you are just finding yourself uh, tuning into Faith Radio, and you're getting to know us. I'm glad you're here. You can learn more about us at MyFaithRadio.com. I highly recommend you check it out. Maybe even consider getting the app on your phone. You'll get all kinds of good stuff. Love having you with us. And I want to say hi to all of our new Faith Radio family members in Missouri. And we're so glad that you are listening. Thank you for your um, Thank you for your support that makes Faith Radio able to say yes when opportunities like this present themselves. So we're thrilled. And once again, it's uh, that day of the week, Monday. I love Mondays. I love Mondays and I love getting it started with my friend, uh, Patrick Albanese, because I do like starting the week off on a lighter note. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I think that's a good reminder that we need to take our faith very seriously, but maybe not ourselves too seriously, and that helps navigate through life. I mean, when we laugh, I think it shows our humanity, and I think uh, when we share laughter with one another, it always makes the day easier. It does for me anyway. Patrick, welcome. Are you there? Hey. I am there. I, and I just, you know, I would never take myself seriously because I've heard some of the things I've said. <laughs> and I can't agree with that. <laughs> no, I, I would agree with that as well. Yeah, I, I know. We're going we're gonna to we're gonna have to disagree to agree, however that goes. Yeah, I don't know how that goes. So I, I had this thought, and I have these thoughts when I'm driving to work, and you and I both lost dads at a young age. And if, if a if this could be discovered, if this could be uncovered, and it was yes. a letter or an audio recording from your dad to you, would you prefer oh. the letter, which would be in his handwriting, or would you prefer the audio recording? Which one? I think I'd like the audio recording. I, well, I mean, a letter. It's a toughie. It's a toughie. So in uh, the basement of the, of the home I grew up in for you know most of my childhood, there is a file cabinet that has letters my dad uh, wrote, um, not to us. Uh, so, uh, he, but they were uh, he made copies of letters. Like for instance, when he was a young accountant, he had graduated from college, and he didn't have a job, so he sent letters to the church saying, hey, I'm uh, an accountant. Is there any work I could do for you uh, as a way of uh, uh, donating to the church? Mm-hmm. And But he would make copies of these things, really well-written letters. And it was, you know, he had, there was a copy of uh, their uh, honeymoon hotel, which I think was, I think, I think they even had, uh, he kept copy of uh, their catering bill for the wedding, which I think was like oh, almost a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that was the catering bill for the whole reception. 
The catering bill, they had a copy. My dad kept a copy of the first car they bought together as husband and wife. So mm-hmm. he had kept things like that, but there weren't any letters that he had written to us. I, I would love an audio recording. All we have are some old Super 8 movies, and usually it was my dad behind the camera. So the only time you actually saw him on film mm-hmm. was when he dropped the camera shooting <laughs> us, and then you saw him scrambling to pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it is interesting because handwritten letters are so dear and precious, but yet mm-hmm. uh, an audio recording, you know, people have saved their voice messages and then they've uh, kept those as a treasure as well. And I just thought, mm, I wonder if you would like discovering a letter or discovering an audio file of your dad talking to you. Would you like it in audio form or letter form? And it sounds like you're leaning towards audio. Well, you know, so uh, after my mother passed, oh my God, how many years? My God, my God, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, this is almost six. No, why are you, it's why are you, seven. Why are you talking like Elmer Fudd right now? Uh, well, I'm hunting <laughs> wabbits. <laughs> no, you know, because it was interesting. I, I would call to talk to my stepfather, who still lived in the house with the same phone number I grew up with. And that was my mom's voice still on the, uh, we're not here right now. Oh, And so I used to love to call that. And then after uh, my wife's father passed away, uh, I had gone into their audio, like there were, um, uh, what do you call that? (laughs) You know, we we take for granted the little phones got the voicemail, but what what did we used to call that? The uh, answering answering machine? machine? Yeah, the answering machine. Yeah, the answering machine. (laughs) I uh, downloaded his messages and then gave them to the family. And so they, they still have this, if they want to hear Bob's voice. Nice. And they love, they love having that. Yeah. So I, I, that's, I think that's why I side toward the audio just because for that, you know, the letter is beautiful, but when you hear the voice or sometimes when you see a video for that brief moment, mm-hmm. they're still here with us. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah, I think it was last week or so, I started a conversation with you, and you told me a pretty fascinating story of something you saw, which made me think about the information that we take in, and how do we know if the information we take in has any grounds in reality of any kind whatsoever? Yeah, I mean, I think the famous quote from Abraham Lincoln was, don't believe everything you read on the internet. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think Lincoln couldn't have said that, but yeah. nice try. <laughs> okay. Well, but that's my point. So uh, there was uh, there was this fall- There was a story that had been going around for a period of time that said uh, that, that basically that I'm I'm doing a long warm up to why you can't really believe everything you read. You don't. Where's the source? Where did it come from? So uh, there was this theme going around. Dozens, thousands, hundreds of articles linking to this story. Do we actually eat eight spiders in our sleep annually? And so the people that do all those things, you know, the the thems, the they say people, <laughs> say they all those say, things. Yeah, they also I know do those things. people. Yeah, they say things. They say. Oh, I tried out to be one of them. It is a tough test. Mm-hmm. You have to know a lot. But uh, – they traced it to this 1993 article written by uh, Lisa Burgett Holst, who said, hey, you shouldn't believe everything you read um, on the internet because it's not sourced. And then this author used as an example, for example, the myth 
that you eat eight spiders in your sleep. Turns out that that's not true, according to this author. And I, the author, traced it back to this 1954 book on spiders so you can rest easy. It's not true. Well, and so everybody said, oh, gosh, I didn't know about that uh, eating the eight spiders thing. So everybody sounds, just said, well, yeah. It sounds like settled science. Settled science. Okay, good. Well, you know, modern day, if you were to talk to spider people, they would say, yeah, that's, of course, that's, no, you don't. They, you know, spiders don't like people. They would stay away. They would avoid them. And human doctors would say, yeah, that's not going to happen. That doesn't happen. So you say, well, this one guy that I was uh, reading, he said, he goes, well, where did the whole idea of this, that you do this, start? And it turns out it's, you know, he finds the article, the 1993 article written by this woman who referenced the book that everybody says, well, so it was in this book. So he bought the book from 1954. There's nothing in it about spider eating at all. <laughs> Not mm -hmm. a thing. Yeah. He says, well, why would this person reference this book? So he said, well, who is this author? Let me find this author. Author didn't exist. The publication that it was supposedly printed in, this article that this Lisa Bridget Holst wrote, didn't exist. There was no such publication. There was no such author. That whole article was made up with a made-up story and a made-up myth about eating spiders. And the whole point of the article was, don't believe everything you read. <laughs> so it turned out that the whole thing was a scam where it, but everybody, nobody bothered to look deeper into it. Nobody bothered to look at the book that that supposedly this myth started from. There was nothing about it. And finally, a clever person took the name Lisa Bridget Holst, rearranged the letters, and it says, um, "This uh, actually, if you rearrange the letters, it says this is a what did it say? This is a big hoax, not a big hoax. A uh, it's a total uh, scam." It's a total scam. Yeah. <laughs> so, so none of it ever existed. And obviously the thing that was beautiful about it is the person who ever did it, put it together, was writing an article saying, but you shouldn't believe everything you read. Here's an example why. And they were actually providing another example because they made all of it up. Mm. And, you know, but yet we want instantaneous answers now. I mean, if there's one of the downsides to what the internet has done is, you know, everybody says, well, you know, use the Google machine, get the answer. Right. See, can you trust that answer? And, you know, it's, I think we were talking about this, that very often the people who say they don't agree with the Bible are the ones who haven't read it. Of course. Yeah. Well, they, where'd you get your information from? Well, I read it from somewhere else. Yeah. Or, oh. or they listen to the telephone game. So-and-so said so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so said something and then you heard it from somebody else and that's what you're now believing. Yeah. And the speed at which information comes across uh, our our brains with the internet now is it's uh, overwhelming. And if you don't have time to research the articles that you read, you you read it and you go, well, that m might be true, and I'm just going to trust it's true, and then you move on. What a mistake! Yeah. How many times have you been embarrassed when you say, "Oh, that thing I told you"? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoops! <laughs> yeah, that's super embarrassing. It is pretty embarrassing, and I I know that you and I both like to wait about 48 hours when you see a story, especially if it's any kind of story that confirms a bias that you might already have. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, wait, if you, wait to see what the fallout is. Just wait 48 hours. Just wait 48 hours. It's, All right. Uh, yeah. All right, let me take a little break. Patrick Albanese okay. is my guest. He's my friend, colleague, and confidant from the great state of Iowa, the prestigious town of West Des Moines. We'll be right back. 
Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. Request yours today at MyFaithRadio.com. I'm back with my friend Patrick Albanese, and I often on Mondays like to get things started on a lighter note because it's as we know, a merry heart is like good medicine, and sometimes that's what we need more than anything else is a little good medicine. Patrick, you're a guy that loves common sense from what I, I know about you. So Yeah, when I can get it. Yeah, yeah sure. when it's available, I think <laughs> yeah. you like it. So yeah. let, let's just talk through this scenario. You, you go to the grocery store, and let's just say you buy a pound of sliced turkey, and they put it in a nice little plastic bag for you, Right. Then you go yeah. over to the bread department and you grab some English muffins and, and they're, they're in a nice plastic bag. Yes, <laughs> they are. <laughs> and you get it maybe... I'm a, sensing a theme. <laughs> well, yeah, but you get a, you know, a half gallon of milk and it's in a, a plastic jug. And then you buy a package of paper towels and they're all wrapped in a nice big plastic thing. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know... It feels like a lot of plastic happening. I think uh, just about everything you buy there is wrapped in plastic. Pretty much. Then if you get one of those salads through the salad bar, it's in a little plastic tub, and you get a plastic lid that goes on top. But yeah, then you, you they, buy some Solo cups, and it's actually plastic wrapped in plastic. <laughs> <laughs> but then you go to check out, and they don't want to give you a plastic bag to carry it home because the plastic bag is bad for the environment. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the that's that's the least amount of plastic that you're going to encounter mm -hmm. at the you know that's actually very interesting. You know, I think we do a lot of things symbolically and I know every little bit helps. But uh you know, it's kind of like you know, the guy who says, you know, we've got to stop using so much energy uh because of, you know, climate change who's hopping on a private jet to get between his two 24,000 square foot homes. <laughs> Yeah, you know that those messages are difficult for us to grasp. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to call people hypocrites. I guess everybody's a hypocrite in some fashion. We all, you know, believe we could be living better lives than we live, more uh, pure lives, more godly lives for sure. I think you know, on any daily, you know, on any day, you could say, eh, I didn't quite do that the way God probably would have wanted me to do it. I should have dealt with that person in a in a better fashion. So we make mistakes. Okay. But, uh, yeah, some of that stuff, I mean, even the, the plastic straw thing, uh, we were at a restaurant the other day and so we get the paper straw, uh, with the cup with the plastic lid. And I just thought, well, okay. And I know that the idea is that the plastic straws, were they getting trapped inside of animals or something? I don't know. But, uh, I remember we were in Chicago and you couldn't get a plastic straw, uh, anywhere and you go to this, you know, to a place to get like a milkshake. Have you ever tried to drink a milkshake through a paper straw? Well, no, because you, the harder you try to suck on the straw, the worse it gets. So yes, it's kind of a self-defeating activity. I got a double hernia from it. It was terrible. <laughs> I, was in, I was in the hospital for a month. I think I was just trying to get I over that. I think you're making that up, but I still I'm like it anyway. A little bit of that up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that is kind of. Uh, would that be ironic? Yes, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of grocery oh. stores, as you're checking out, and they're and they're not wanting to give you a plastic bag, maybe, maybe not. What about oh. when they want you to to round up to the the charity of their choice? 
Okay, so now I, they all do it, and yeah, I'm at the gro- grocery store a few times a day, practically, just because uh, everybody, you know, my two kids are like, oh, did you forget to get the Oreos? It's like, no, no, I bought those last night. Yeah, yeah, that was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, you know, I often have to go back, so they, there I am. And uh, so I reflexively hit no. I reflexively hit the no button. The <laughs> This is funny, you should mention this. The other day, I do it. I hit. I reflexively hit the no, and then I finish the transaction. And as the receipt comes out, I realize that uh, my total was like twenty three ninety nine. So you said no so to a penny. I said no to a penny. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look over, and it was you know to feed the hungry. And I thought, I just, I just, ref- I just said no <laughs> to donating one cent to feeding hungry people. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I said. I think they have me on camera doing this as well. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you can watch the transaction. I say, I'm going to walk away, and the machine's going to say, "Seriously, buddy? Yeah, is Seri- it, isn't it? Isn't that that guy on Christian radio on Mondays? And he yeah. said no to a penny to feed one the penny to mm. feed a hungry child Boy. once. I bet you ne- you must need that penny pretty desperately. I thought I could trust you, and now I don't think yeah. I can. Are you the same guy that buys a the family size Oreo package every single day <laughs> to feed your kids, but mm. you can't give one? Yeah, I just thought I was gonna. But I think these days the machines are so intelligent because uh, there was a period of time I think they fixed it at my grocery store. It kind of it got to know me. You know how it gives you the coupons for the stuff you normally buy. Mm-hmm. You know you 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 use your your special card that saves you a couple pennies on gas, and the next thing you know it knows everything you buy. And pretty soon it kind of greets you when you come in and says, yeah, no need to punch in your PIN number. We kind of know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here's a, a little look at history. And I think I don't want to do this very often because it's a little on the on the depressing side. But Bonanza premiered 60 years ago and the Beatles broke up 50 years ago. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh... – I have to. I, I know those shows. I, mean, <laughs> I, know, I know you that do. Band. <laughs> I mean, The Wizard of Oz is eighty years old. Yeah, and I mean, half of that movie or part of that movie is in black and white because that was still kind of the the going thing back then. It was. Then. Yeah, yeah. The Ed Sullivan Show, which I used to watch as a kid, you, you probably did too. That ended oh, yeah. forty-seven years ago. Now, of course, if your home was like mine, and I'm guessing it was. It was not called The Ed Sullivan Show. It was just called Sullivan. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're going to watch Sullivan. We're going to watch Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. Everything was, you know, we're going to watch Carson. We're going to watch Sullivan. Yeah. Did, yeah. You, did you think Ed was a very funny guy? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I no. never really saw Ed as a guy with a sense of humor. And yet no, he, he hosted yeah. a very popular show. Well, he kind of just said, he, I guess he just got out of the way uh, of the talent, although it was, what was it, Senior Wences with Topo G. Joe? Yeah. <laughs> say, well, you guys must be friends, because I think he's on a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was, oh, that was such, it was so much fun, though, because the family gathered together. And, of course, everybody, you'd go to school, Sullivan was on on Sunday night, mm-hmm. and then Monday morning, you would say to your friends, did you see that plate juggler? That guy was amazing. Yeah, and then and then you would end up with uh, Mission Impossible on Sunday night, and you went and saw the movie this weekend, the new one, didn't you? With the I family. did see the new. How yeah. was, how was it? Give give us your uh, movie review. Got we really loved it. And we we uh, we did it, and we saw it in the IMAX theater. Which uh, now, and this is about this. 
the IMAX, this screen is the biggest screen in Iowa, the one that is by where I live. And uh, I, I did some work for this theater <laughs> where uh, before every movie, there is a 90-second video featuring me. So I go in to watch Mission Impossible, and before the movie starts, a 70-foot-tall me shows up. <laughs> And there are people sitting next to me, and they just looked over. It was actually kind of fun. They said, you look a lot like that guy. Yeah, I get that every now and then. It was fun. Mm, good. It was a fun movie. I mean, it's only part one, and uh, they they Tom Cruise just knows how to make a, a movie that gives you this adventure. And um, there is a 15-minute scene on a train as uh, things are happening, I won't spoil anything. Okay, but, yeah, don't do that. Oh yeah, my, my toes came out cramped because you're just you're tense. Mm. You're tense, but smiling, and I think that's an art form to be able to get people, you know, like tense from you know what's going on. But we all know that it's just the movies, so you know these yeah. people aren't really in danger, and so you're smiling. Yeah, and Hollywood is possibly in a lot of trouble right now. Uh, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, With the, you know, the strikes? This, well, the strike's really interesting because I have so many friends you know, out there still, and they're saying, well, you know, this is for the ownership of your own image. Uh, you know, because these days they can capture your image, and then they can recreate it and make it do anything. Mm-hmm. And you may never work again. Uh, so there, I mean, there's many things that are going into it, but I think the, you know, the toothpaste is out of the tube, so to speak. That uh, this artificial intelligence that can do all of this will pretty soon be creating characters that aren't real humans. And then we have to decide, what do we want to watch? Do we want to watch a computer-generated person from a computer-generated script with computer-generated audio? Mm. Uh, or do we want to watch real people? Wow. Yeah, yeah, so we've been we've been watching a lot of computer generated things for years now, with special effects and CGI and everything else. So it may yeah. not be that big of a jump to go to just mm-hmm. letting AI do people as well. Right, but imagine if it was the radio and they said it's a computer generated host that's going to interview real people, or nah. is it a computer generated host interviewing a computer generated guest? <laughs> that's where I draw the line. I that's would, where I draw the line. Too. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I hope not. No. All right, Patrick, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, you coming on the show on Mondays and getting things off on the right foot. Thank you. Yeah, have a great rest of the day. You too. All right. Thank you again. Patrick Albanese has been my guest. He is my friend from the great state of Iowa. I always like to start on a lighter note because a merry heart is like good medicine. We are uh, always interested in your prayer requests, so... Uh, it's an ongoing conversation. You can you can you can let us know what it is you'd like us to pray for. You can text it to eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Text your prayer request to eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four, or you can visit myfaithradio.com. I've been praying for all kinds of people today, and uh, it's been it's been good to take your request right to the Lord. We'll take a break and be back with David Miles. Show with Bill Arno, drive time, drive time. 
let's get it started. Jump in your car. Yeah. What's for dinner? Hey. It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I am so glad you joined me. You know, usually we hear that jazz music for the Monday afternoon mix, but we're going to have to reconfigure the Monday it's, afternoon. It's coming. The jazz is coming. The jazz oh, it is, is okay. coming. It's coming. Are you jumping in on the Monday afternoon mix? Today? No, I'm just. I'm oh, just yes. making sure people know the jazz think, is coming. I think just, we just, just heard, wait. <laughs> I think we just heard Mitchell's jumping in on the Monday. He might be. I yes. like it. I like. He's a wise man. He is a wise yeah, man. Yeah, with a great radio voice. Oh, he does have. Yeah. super cool. He's got good radio chops. Voice. Yeah. And he does he does play by play. Did you know that? And he's a sports play by play announcer. You are. You know that takes actual skill. That does. <laughs> Unlike you know, <laughs> Bill just pointed at me. No, I pointed at myself. <laughs> oh, both of us. No, I pointed at myself. So well, no, Bill, it takes skill for what you do. Okay, so let's. Uh, I've got Second Corinthians chapter one open. David, I know we're going to touch on a couple of verses here. You've got something to share, and then you've brought a very special guest with you today. I'm looking forward to that part of the the um, discussion as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I had the privilege the other day of, you know, sitting in a different kind of, you know, um, what would you say, reclined position. And uh, someone walked into my hospital room, and that was Bill Arnold. And, uh, wait, wait, wait. You were in the hospital? I was in the and hospital. And Bill Arnold showed up and visited you? He did. He showed up. That doesn't up and sound like me at all. It, it definitely was him. So. I don't like hospitals. You don't? No. Did you tell me that? I didn't. If you I, did, I probably didn't actually <laughs> remember you saying that. Yeah. But yes. I didn't uh, like seeing you in the hospital. Pastor Bill showed up and yes. was the yes. man. So, yes. yeah, I mean, you know, really kind of a strange thing, um, you know, for those who are listening and saying, hey, you know what? Uh, my day started a particular way and it went a completely different direction. And that day kind of stretched on and on and on. Um, we're still trying to figure out. I got up and mowed my yard on the 29th of June and finished. My hand was kind of hurting, was still kind of recovering from the biopsy that I had that many know about uh, to check for some tissue stuff that I had at the beginning of June. But then woke up the next morning and my hand was stiff, sore, and in pain. And so, you know, iced it, talked to a, you know, text a friend who was a um, physical therapist, asked him a question, talked to a chiropractor friend I knew, but iced it long and the short of it. A few days later, immense pain, mm-hmm. went to um, orthopedic clinic walk-in, and they're like, yep, we don't know what this is. This is interesting. Here's some medication, some pain pills, and uh, let's see if this clears it up. 24 hours later, I'm in the ER and um, having blood clots and and unable to pass anything. Mm, so um, so ended up, uh, you know, having 1,300 milliliters taken out of me and people in the ER saying, what in the world? Now, mind you, they're giving me medication for pain and my hand is still on a 10 of 10. So the next day I went to see my urologist who I called and we had a follow-up and long story short, they're like, this is strange and, you know, we might send you home. And Tammy's like, is there any reason why we can't address this now? And they're like, yep. So they admitted me and then I had surgery to kind of, you know, clear out mm-hmm. what was going on and to cauterize. So they found some bleeding. The, the biopsy place, that had healed perfectly. It was wonderful. But there was some bleeding, base of prostate, pap of um, bladder. Oh, boy. And so they fixed all that up. But this entire time, my hand is like constant pain and no one's like, what in the world? So saw an orthopedic consult 
they did an ultrasound. They're like, your bone structure is great. There's no clot there, and we're still treating it. But, yeah, that was two and a half weeks ago, mm-hmm. and just kind of lots of, um, you know, pretty much debilitating pain. And, and yeah. uh, so I had an MRI this morning, and they're tr- still trying to figure out what's going on. And um, But, yeah, I can definitely tell you, and I'm sure our listeners can relate to something like this, that this is not at all how I envisioned July. Not at all. Not at all. So let's go to Second Corinthians chapter one and, and share, David, if you would, what you find, what you found so so wonderful about this passage. Well, you know, one of the things, even just to let people know that I'll be reading this passage for myself. So, like, don't necessarily think that I'm on the other side of everything. Okay. So I'm I'm still like so this is encouragement for myself, but. Paul writes uh, to the Corinthian church, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in, who are in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so to Christ, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same suffering that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Mm-hmm. And I guess like the thing that, you know, in this passage that hits is the, the idea that we're able to comfort other people um, with the comfort that we receive ourselves. But that also means that, like, we got to go through stuff. There might be suffering in our our world then. Yeah. And I mean, like, I mean, I've been praying and asking the Lord, like, um, even when you saw me in the hospital and, and they were trying to clear out these clots because mm-hmm. they were trying to get me ready for, you know, surgery. And it was horribly painful. But I was kind of like, I said to Tammy, I'm like, you know, Lord, I want to be able to maximize whatever it is. Like, I'm here. This stinks. It's painful, um, but how do we maximize whatever it is, God, that you want to, you know, um, instill informed in me? And, you know, I wrote a text to a friend of mine and uh, was noting that, um, asking, like, what is, how, God, can I do Romans 8.29? Because most of the times we know Romans 8.28, for we know all things work together for the good of those who love God. But, 829 tells us the reason 828 is true, because 829 um, opens with four, and four is a purpose clause in in Greek and and in English. For those he predestined to be conformed to the image of his own son. And so I was like, Lord, like, how do you want me to be conformed to Christ? And, you know, one of the things, this is going to sound silly, but I remember sitting there and I texted a friend of mine and I said, I have a, I have a better experiential understanding um, one, like Christ suffered, like I feel horrible right now, but Jesus felt horrible and he had the sins of the world poured mm-hmm. on him and he experienced separation from his father. So I only get a small measure of experiential understanding of pain, but it's nothing compared to what Christ does, but it gives a new appreciation. And so I sent that to a friend of mine, Tim Clark, who's great leader for Treehouse Ministries here in the area and and they're throughout you know the nation helping in hopelessness among teens 
But I told him, I said, like, that's one of the realities that, like, right now I'm getting to experientially enter into this a little bit, a little bit more. Um, and that some way and somehow, um, and we were talking about this last night as a family at supper, God will use this and I will eventually meet someone who's going through a difficult time and they'll be going through something hard and God would be able to use me to comfort them because I went through something that sucked <laughs> and, uh, and was able to experience other believers like you, Bill, and my incredible wife, Tammy, and, um, you know, my Treehouse family, you know, my friend Andy Gray with Catalyst for Harmony, and, you know, some of my other brothers in my text thread, you know, um, Pastor Carl Johnson, you've had him on one of your shows, um, Chris Brooks, others that have just, like, reached out and have encouraged me and said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you, I love you, and and others who have just very much showed it with action, like that they've showed up, you know, with action. And I, and that's probably the thing that I would tell people that as people are going through stuff, you know, really action, like, and it's not really even like super big things, but like tangible action matters. And uh, Tammy once said, you know, we were talking and she had this one saying, she said, you know, um, I can't hear what you're saying because your actions are speaking too loudly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm experiencing, you know, the difference between empty platitudes and, you know, the realness of, like, no, that person really is walking out what they say and what they believe. And, like, I know that, that it's not like, hey, this is great Christian language that you can use. I mean, Bill, here's one of the things that's crazy. One of the persons who's consistently checked in on me, like daily and multiple times a day, is a guy that I worked with in car stuff over a decade ago who's not a believer. Hmm. So what's been crazy is I've had people who aren't followers of Christ who have been more my pastors and comforters in this period than people that I serve with for multiple years. Hmm. I mean, and, and that's a little bit of a... That's a little bit of a Good Samaritan parable in your brain where you're like, hey, I was expecting the Levite and the priest. And it's like, wow, it's this person who's wrestling on whether they're an atheist or believe in God. And they're the person who's like, hey, man, you know, I'm calling just to check in on you. And mind you, this person just went through a major surgery mm. four weeks ago themselves and is in pain. And I went to go minister to them and and share the gospel with them again that I did years years before and hear this person not a believer is ministering so powerfully to me. I mean it's really kind of a weird it's a weird thing. Really gets your attention though, doesn't it? it I mean does. I I actually really like the story of this guy that's reaching out to you daily. Yeah. And he he has your attention. He does. And oh, it, he's got my attention. And I mean, if people would, like, seriously, I've been praying for this guy for years. I'll give first name. First name is Damien. If you guys please would pray, like, I would so desire for him to know Christ, you know. And, uh, I mean, sometimes we talk about issues of diversity and race. I mean, he, he once shared when he was a small kid going through a baptism and he said, Dave, one of the craziest thing about it is that he goes, when I came out of the water, I felt clean on the inside. 
you know. But when I worked with the guy, he told me when I met him first time, he's like, Dave, I know I'm going to hell. I mean, there's like no pretense. He's like, wow. I know I'm a bad person. I've, I've, done, I've done stupid things. And, you know, when he was involved in this one church setting, like people loved him with Jesus, but then they were kind of like, yeah, we don't want this half Mexican, half black kid around our children. And then they punted him out of the church. And this guy is like the consummate leader. So I met him years ago and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're such a neat person and people follow you, but I want you to know Jesus. Yeah. And he's had these bad experiences with church and, and he's, and he called me cause he was like, you know, dude, I know that you know God. So you know, would you just, he called one night, just said, would you pray for me last month? Mm-hmm. Now I'm on the flip side and here's a guy who's just like, I'm just calling you like, how are you doing? How's your pain? You know, yep, this really sucks and I, I'm, I'm sorry about it, but I'm going to call you a little bit later. See how you're doing. Just want to let you know I care. That's lovely. Yeah. Just beautiful. All right, David, we're going to take a break here in just a second, but a couple of prayer requests came in and I'm going to ask you if you wouldn't mind not only praying for Damien, but praying for Tommy, uh, who would really love to have a Christian girlfriend, and also uh, Barb, who just recently had a, a a diagnosis that's pretty scary. Yeah. So let's pray for those uh, three people, and then we'll go to break. Yeah. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you that you care and that you love and that you um, use us in the lives of other people. And I know I'm extremely blessed even by the person sitting to the right of me that people get to hear from next. But I want to lift up to you, Damien. And uh, and I just ask Jesus that you would let the gospel um, shine so through into his heart in ways that you would answer all the questions that he has and answer them in a way and in a manner that he knows that it's you and that you care and love him. And uh, we pray for this one gentleman who's desiring, you know, a godly girlfriend, and even maybe more than that, a godly spouse. And Scripture says he who um, obtains a, a godly wife obtains a good thing. And I pray first as what my youth pastor, Mike Montgomery, once said to me, if you want a godly wife, are you letting God form you into a godly man? And so I pray that you would continue to have your work in his life and in the life of this person, and that um, you would let both of them pursue you wholeheartedly um, and to fix their eyes on you and to trust you uh, in your timing and way with that. And we pray for this dear sister who's heard some scary news. And uh, yeah, having sit there and watch blood clots come out of you that shouldn't be there, that that's frightening. And so I pray, God, that you would comfort her the way that you've comforted me and even more so as she's heard this news and maybe doesn't know exactly what's going on. And I pray that you bring people to love her well and help give wisdom to the doctors. So mm-hmm. God magnify and glorify your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So those prayers for Damien and Tommy and Barb, we just want you to know we love you and care about you and and hope uh, God is comforting you as we speak. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we've got a special guest. Jackson's going to join the show. He had an amazing experience at camp. We're going to hear about it. Be right back. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. 
Share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. There's a little jazz for the Monday afternoon mix, although the mix is one less. Rosie B is gone. She's moved yes. on. But uh, it's just you and me, David. It is. Yeah. and uh, Is that the fourth prayer request? Because <laughs> Rosie's the bomb. Yeah. Bringing godly wisdom. Yeah. And, you know, Ryan's here, and he's yes. amazing. And he, Ryan could, is he could jump in if he wanted to, but he's choosing not to, which is fine. Whenever you need me, I'm here. Okay, there you go. Oh, <laughs> isn't there like a song like that? Whenever you need me, I'm here. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds I'll, like a song. It does sound like yeah. it would be a song. Also sounds like bad poetry. <laughs> but anyway, uh, do introduce the person sitting to your right. Well, the person next to my right is a um, man, young man, but a man that I greatly um, admire. I am greatly inspired by. Um, I learn lots from, um, and I am probably way overly blessed to have the privilege of being called his dad. Lovely. And that is my son, Jackson Alexander Miles, who's with us today. J-A-M. Jam. Jam. How are you, brother? I'm doing good. Good. So thank you for uh, making the, the visit today to the studio of driving your dad over. Yep. Yeah. I'm driving glad. for him who can't drive. Yeah, he's not drivable right now. So <laughs> not. You, you brought him over, and thank you so much. You probably didn't know that bringing him over means you're going to get stuck on the air, huh? Yeah, I figured out on the way here, but... Well, yeah. a little well, bit before. Before that, yeah. yeah. And and tell me how old you are. I'm 18. You're 18. Yep. When when did you turn 18? On the 24th of May. So okay, so not too rec- long ago. recently. Congratulations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jackson, you know, though we live seven blocks from the hospital in Oak Park, Illinois. Uh-huh. Um, um, uh, what's his name? The great um, architect. I'm blanking on his name right now. <laughs> uh, but Jackson actually was born in the front seat of the van in front of the emergency room doors. And so from from first, we think something's happening, yeah. to you have a baby, 57 minutes. Wow. So his older brother was 17 and a half hours of labor, Jackson. Wow. Jackson came out quick, and he's been running since. And, and then uh, did, yeah. did you just finish high school? Yep, just graduated. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and uh, so tell me what your plans are. Um, so this fall, planning on going off to GCU in Phoenix. Nice. So we're going to be studying exercise science out there. You realize it's 187 degrees there right now? Uh, yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not humid though, so that's no, really what yeah, matters. They, yeah, for some reason that's consolation because it's dry heat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like so putting you, your head in an oven though. <laughs> I know, man, that's just... Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty hot. So anyway, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, yeah, Grand GCU, Grand Canyon University, which is an interesting name for a university that's three and a half hours away from the Grand Canyon. Yeah, I don't know how to connect those dots, but... Uh, Neither did we. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But that's exciting, and what are your plans? What are you going to study? I'm going to be planning on studying in exercise science. Okay, you already said that, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, so... It's all right, though. Gee, if the host was better at listening, he wouldn't have to (laughs) ask the same question over and over. Rosie would be like, guys. <laughs> I know, I know. So so let me ask you this. What do you plan on studying? Uh, so uh, third time's the charm, exercise. <laughs> That's so interesting. I'm glad I asked. Great yeah. question. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, very sharp, David. Yeah. Great, great host. Well, you know, it's kind of wild. Even back to this earlier thing about pain, 
You know, um, Bill, I have a gentleman that I'm definitely going to want you to meet, a guy named Mark Ellis, who works with, um, was a strength, strength conditioning guy for the Vikings and just works with a lot of different modalities and pain and recovery with pro athletes and Olympians and the like. Um, but look forward in the future to him coming in and sharing just some of the neat things that would be a blessing to our people because that's part of the even reason why you can see me moving my hands and things like that. But um, he does some really neat works, and it turns out him and Jackson have similar backgrounds and even looking at those guys connecting. And so in some ways, in a strange way, through pain, a new connection was made that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. So, Jackson, you recently uh, had a little outing at camp. Yep. And tell me, if you don't mind, what that was like. I, I have this fascination with summer camp. I never went as a kid. It always seemed like a pretty amazing experience, the potential for, you know, great friendships and good times. Yeah. So uh, I went to PKVK, which is down in Texas. It was a camp for pastor's kids. So I've been going for the last uh, seven years now. This is my last year. And, I mean... Honestly, it was like, it was one of the most spiritual experiences I've had at a camp before. So, I mean, out of all the years that I've gone, I feel like this year was really just like stuck to me. And one of the stories that I was telling my dad the other night, it was kind of just the standout moment of camp. So camp's about four days, I think it is, Mm -hmm. like two full days in between, two or one. I don't remember for sure, but so it was end of the week. All right, everybody, we had just finished going out. I, We had, like, a little party out. We went to, like, a rodeo type of thing. So went out. We had our worship night. Had a great, great session there. Went long worship. That was amazing. And right after that, we went out, did a little, um, like, it was like a cowboy-themed type of night. So mm-hmm. we went out, went, had fun, danced around, and it was late. It was, I don't remember exactly what time it was, but this is when, we kind of all got back to our cabins, and we were coming back. We're all exhausted, right, because we were out there dancing, going crazy, doing karaoke type of stuff. And I was—I remember I was sitting in the bathroom with my two best friends, um, Caleb and Lon, and I was wringing out my shirt because I was, like, drenched in sweat. <laughs> so I was mm-hmm. sitting there and wringing out my shirt, and a buddy of mine in our cabin— he said, come out to the deck, and he yelled out, and I had no clue what was going on, but ran out to the deck anyways, ran out to the front of the cabin, and this is so, I don't know how to explain this so you can envision it. There's like three cabins, and imagine they're all just like kind of lined up, mm-hmm. and this is the first year that I've ever been in, seven years that I've gone, that there was a girl's cabin right next to ours, so we're out on our deck, and... Right to the right of us, there's the girls' cabin, and then there's our cabin. And we're out there. Everybody's out there singing, jumping, just screaming worship songs and just yelling together. We're, we're all like, say, 10 feet away. And most of the time, by this time, people are asleep. And especially after, like, the last night of camp, everybody's just If you've ever been to church camp, you know the last night you're dead. You have mm-hmm. no energy. Mm-hmm. So we all ran out there, and we're all singing, jumping, worshiping. And I remember my buddy Caleb, he's just very talented, gifted person. He's really good with music, all of this type of stuff. So we're out there singing, and I'm like, how could this get any better? And there's a little campfire out 
in between all the cabins. So I was like, hey, guys, let's go over here. So we yell, we, we run over to the campfire, and we're all sitting there singing worship songs together, and I quick run back inside of the cabin because my buddy hadn't come out yet. And I was like, Caleb, grab your guitar. So he runs out, and he brings his guitar out, and he starts strumming along. And this goes on for an hour plus. So we're out there just worshiping, praising, praying for one another. And it goes on. And we have, there's, there's so many just great speakers there, like very gifted, talented people. I, I wouldn't consider myself the person best with words, but the people there, they were just amazing with it, just uplifting one another, praying for each other. And it was something I had never experienced wow. before. Sounds it fantastic. Was, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. That sounds fantastic. I love the, the worship, uh, the way you described how exciting worship was. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty powerful. And he showed me a video, we need to tie up, but he, he showed me a video that one of the um, counselors took because mm-hmm. they just let them go and worship. And Jackson's like, you know, people are just sitting there praying and people are confessing sins and consecrating themselves to God. And wow. as he's sitting here telling me this, I thought of, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. John Beautiful. 3, 2. Beautiful. All right. Thank you so much, Jackson, for making a guest appearance on the... Yep. Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles, thank you so much. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to do a little bit more of this because Dr. Eric Tonis is going to be uh, joining the program and he's going to bring his son Isaac on, who I believe is 18 as well. Awesome. And he is uh, an amazing athlete. You're going to learn about him and lots more coming up in the next hour. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.